releasing black power to the family. It's your boy, Kwame Heru, a.k.a. Mr. God Body. No excuses. This is your big homie OT coming with another episode of... We're tired of asking for anything. As we always say, this is a place defining ourselves for ourselves, yes, controlling yes. our own narrative, being our own bosses, directing us towards that equity that we've earned, that we deserve. Right, right. That's rightfully ours. This is a fact. How you right, feeling right. today, bro? Man, I'm feeling well, man. I'm feeling good. I'm in uh, good spirits, given, you know, just some family stuff that's going on. But I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great, optimistic. You know, so yeah, everything is well, man. How 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 you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Wow. Uh, getting this workout in, keeping my body right. I say. I got to do a little bit better with my eating, but um, that's a that's as always. That's a work in progress. Yes, yes, one step at a time. And um, you know, just trying to be intentional on in what we're doing, mm-hmm. getting us back to where we need to be as a collective, being in the communities that we need currently mm-hmm. for our future. Uh, respecting our past and going towards where we need to go. Yeah, I like that, man. I like that. And uh, we just want to say thank you to all those listeners who are returning. Uh, we appreciate you coming back. Want to say thank you to anybody else listening for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I want to give a shout out to my to uh, avid listener supporter, my bro Swanson. Always tuning in, man. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks a lot, Swanson. We appreciate the support. Yes, yes, yes. We go uh, merchandise. Get that merch. Get that Absolutely. Merch. We're tired of asking. Yeah, man. Uh, where would you represent? That's a fact. Be intentional about that too, because you also communicating a message in that, whether you believe it or not, whether it be subtle or overt. You know the things you wear. I think uh, it says something about the person wearing them. So Absolutely. yes, yes, yes. Be intentional about you uh, what you're wearing, and yeah, get that merch, baby. As always, uh, we like to start with our health and wellness because we know without that, uh, we can't do anything else. That's a uh, fact of life. The impetus of where everything begins. Mm, I like that uh, impetus. Yes, yes. Don't steal my shit. But uh, I'm just playing. It's the white man word. Anyway, (laughs) you want to talk about it. Hey, uh, so as always, Kwame Heru gives us gives that to us. Uh, what you got for us today? Yes, yes. For today's health and wellness segment, I want to talk about the benefits of intermittent, intermittent fasting. Fasting. Now, I know this is kind of a step in a different direction because previous segments, uh, I normally talk about what we should be eating, what we should be putting into our bodies to thrive and maintain wellness. Well, which is very true and necessary, but periodic fasting and not eating is also essential and it will help us achieve and maintain optimal health. So we got to get into this intermittent fasting. So let me talk about it. Uh, The basic definition of fasting means to abstain from food or drink for a certain period of time. Now, why is this important? Our bodies and our systems, particularly the digestive, are constantly running. They're going. They're working. They're breaking down food. They're processing it, digesting, and getting rid of waste. And it really never gets a break. And it can lead to a life-changing event. Think about if you've worked every day since you were born uh-huh. for life, constantly working, constantly working and never really given any significant time off on any break. Like, how would you feel? Go how, postal. Go crazy. You know, so it'll, it'll be disruptive. Something could happen. You, you <laughs> won't be yourself. operating in your normal state. This is a this is an absolute fact. So. That's kind of how our systems are running normally. We're constantly eating food and we're constantly processing and, and not giving it time to rest, relax, uh, or, or regenerate. And this can lead to, to life-changing events. Even, you know, when you think about your heart, your heart is constantly going. 
your heart is constantly going from the from the day that you're born. And if you don't practice or engage in healthy practices and uh, engage in healthy a healthy lifestyle to preserve and maintain good heart and good cardiovascular health, then that can lead to a cataclysmic event. It could lead to dis to to disease. So that's one thing. I mean, this di- is a little. I digress from the digesting, but that's. I just want to give an insight on something that's constantly going, but we're not really conscious or conscientious about in maintaining and preserving. Okay. Right? And so it, there's a. Uh there's no way to actually give the heart a break unless right. you die. <laughs> That's a fact. You can, your heart doesn't stop. Like if it stops, you're dead. But you know? you, you can like uh, it's like running a sprint mm-hmm. or running a or uh, running a race. Right. You're not going at full speed at all times. Right. 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 So you won't slow it down. Give it the food and the, and the nutrients it is to have a, a a great environment to thrive in and work uh, effectively and efficiently. Right. So back to fasting. Uh, one of the parts of that digestive system is our colon or our large intestine, which helps break down food. Now, why do I bring up this particular uh, part of the system? Because recently, rest in peace to our king, the late, great Chadwick Bozeman. Absolutely. Who, yes, yes. Who recently transitioned and became an ancestor from colon cancer. So this can shed light on the importance of a healthy colon and, you know, what can happen if things go wrong. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, other parts of the digestive system include the stomach, the small intestine, the mouth, the pancreas, appendix, saliva, liver, and liver, just to name a, flu- uh, a few. So if this system is constantly going, breaking down big meals, small meals, things that you probably shouldn't be eating for years upon years, you can end up in a disease state and not in one of health and wellness. Now someone will have to take care of you and tend to you and take time and energy away from fighting the good fight when some preventative maintenance could have prevented that. You know what I'm saying? Getting so, out in front of it before it right. actually happens. You and know, we, and we, not we, to we, say. I was just going to say, we always talk about it. Uh, we need everybody. Yes, yes. And it, it's tough if uh, I got to carry you or you got to carry me. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And this is not to say that, um, you know, our brother Chadwick, Bozeman transition because of not fasting like this. I've said there's no silver bullet to health, you know, but you want to include all these factors in so you can be you're putting your best foot forward and giving yourself the best opportunity to live, you know, a good and fruitful and health, uh, a healthy life. So, you know, rest in peace, to rest in power to our good brother, Chadwick Bozeman. But I was just using the colon as an example of, you know, things that could go wrong. Um, So some benefits of fasting, it lowers your insulin level. So your body doesn't have to produce that hormone to constantly regulate your sugar from you constantly eating, you know, around the clock. Um, It enhances recovery, like muscle recovery, and it reduces, reduces inflammation. So for people that have chronic inflammation, which can lead to leaky gut, autoimmune disease, it can lead to some cancers, cardiovascular d- disease, and joint diseases like arthritis and things like that. So if you are um, fasting, this can help prevent, uh, reduce inflammation, and hopefully prevent, you know, some things that I just named. It can boost your ta- your metabolism, your ability to break down food and turn it into energy. It in, 
it increases your fat burning. So now it, it taps into your fat storage. So not only does it increase your fat burning, but you're losing weight at the same time. So that's something that's going on uh, concomitantly with um, the burning of fat. It what, was that, what was that C word use? Concomitantly. Concomitantly. I'm pretty sure I used it right. Concomitantly. Concomitantly. I don't know. I never heard it before. Yeah, it's just something that is happening. In kind conjunction? Of, yeah, conjunction or simultaneously at the same time. Um, and it helps cellular regeneration. I'm always talking about cells, you know, and here it is again. Our body is millions and billions and trillions of cells. So fasting helps your body get rid of dead cells, get rid of bad cells, and help to regenerate new cells. Um, skin cells, liver cells, blood cells, all these cells get to uh, regenerate. And that's called autophagy. Big word. I, I don't really like the way it sounds. Autophagy, but. That's the <laughs> that's the regeneration of of cells and cleaning out damaged cells. Um, so let's like kind of give it a timeline of because people have different fastings. You could twelve hour fast, twenty four hour fast, thirty six hour fast, forty eight hour fast, and you know some of those are uh, those time periods provide different benefits. If you're fasting for let's say twelve hours. The food that you consumed has burned. Your, your digestive system kind of slows down. Your body begins a healing process. The glucagon that balances out your blood is relaxed. Those are some main benefits of 12 hours. Now, 14 hours, your body has converted uh, the using stored fat as energy. And human growth hormone starts to increase. 16 hours, your body starts to really produce or it ramps up the uh, fat burning. So now you're really breaking down fat and your, uh, your body is getting rid of that. And it's using that fat as energy that you have in the body. Yes. Yes. To, uh, instead of uh, just storing it there, it's burning it right. for you. Exactly. Now, 24 hours, this is where the cell regeneration begins. A 24 hour fast, the cell autophagy begins. Uh, you drain all your glycogen stores. Ketones are released into the bloodstream. After 36 hours, your cell generation has increased 300%. After 48 hours, it increases another 38%. Your immune system resets and regenerates, and reduction of inflammation response occurs. So instead of becoming inflamed and producing inflammation, which is really a safeguard, yeah. but chronic inflammation is a problem. So your body is reducing the chronic inflammation. After 72 hours your cell regeneration maxes out. So you, re you reach peak cell regeneration after a 72-hour uh, fast. So three days without eating? Mm -hmm. your, body, your body has, yes, reached its uh, optimal level of uh, cell regeneration. So all, all the cells in your body now have depleted and replenished themselves? Not all the cells, but as much as it, would, as much as it can within that time frame. Okay. So, so is it possible to... Because, I mean, that's some, not something that people are just used to doing a 72-hour fast. Right. Like, how how realistic is that for us? Well, the thing is, you want to, you don't just jump into it, or you may not want to jump into, just jump into uh, fasting for 72 hours. You want to start off slow. Incremental Maybe, change. Yes, six hours, eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, and so on and so forth. And then after you break that fast, you know, as I been advised by uh, Crazy A Fitness, after you break that fast and your body's detoxified and 
you know, kind of cleared out everything, cleared out your digestive system. Hopefully it cleared out your colon and, and your small intestine. You don't want to just eat a big meal, a heavy meal that kind of counteracts everything that you've done. You want to eat something like fruits, with, which, was, uh, which is food and also filling, but it continually aids in the detoxification and uh, cell regeneration process and it's what easier it's also easier for the body to absorb the nutrients exactly easier for the body to absorb those nutrients so fasting like we said our health is wealth prevention is better than a cure so something that we want to incorporate into healthy living is fasting now yeah when you sleep that is a form of fasting but it's not it's not a conscious fasting your body's not working the same way so you want it to be a conscious fasting in a day and if you can do it once a week I think there's also something to the idea when you say conscious fasting, because I've done fast before and it, it takes a level of uh, mental aptitude to say to yourself, I'm not going to eat mm-hmm. a, a level of discipline. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think discipline personally is a great thing when you yes, use yes. Uh, for your own personal benefit. But it, it takes something out of you to say, I'm not going to put something, I'm not going to eat something. Right. Um, and you battle with it. Mm-hmm. But knowing that you can overcome that. That, that's a higher level that you can achieve within yourself. So. Right, and that's something you can applaud yourself for. Because food is addictive. Food is addictive. It, it, it excites your body. It, it stimulates your brain as satisfaction. People have comfort food. You know, people resort to that when they're down and depressed or low. Like, that's something that can always, something that they can always reach for. You know, a cake or something to eat. So just having that discipline, like you said, and overcoming those cravings, you know, I think that's a good feat to me. And also, too, when we talk about changing our circumstance, changing our futures, going through that process can help reinforce that you can make changes when you want to make those changes. You right. don't need to wait for it to happen. And like you said, it's just a slow process. Yeah. Uh, wh- what's the saying? Uh, progress is a slow progress process. is a slow process. But we ain't got nothing but time. I say. Yeah. I say. So, I say. Um, I say. Hey, we appreciate that, Kwame Haru. Appreciate the the knowledge, dropping them gems on the fast. 100%. And uh, I think you got me motivated to go get out there and fast again. Yes, so, yes, uh, yes. I'm going to be updating some photos on our Instagram as I go through my fast and let y'all know how I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And a fast doesn't always have to mean that you're not eating anything. It could be a liquid fast. You can, you know, take in juices and, and, and take in water, but you're not eating any heavy, solid foods. So the uh, 10-day green smoothie cleanse is a a liquid fast. Mm -hmm. And you can still get all your natural, um, your nutrients. Uh, It's a little tough going through it 10 days when you're not used to it. But uh, Mm -hmm. it's a book written by a black lady. Uh, Some great content in here. So I I would recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, man, your body will feel better. Your mind will be more clear. You you know, you're thinking better. thoughts and ideas so you want to reset your body reset your system and uh kind of slow it down with fasting and i think that you'll see the benefits uh more sooner than later sooner rather than later yeah i like it um all right so a completely switching gears um talking about a little bit of current events recently uh vlad tv was talking to dl hewley dj vlad um and I mean, if you're not familiar with Vlad TV, you could catch him on YouTube. You can Google it. I'm, I'm sure everyone that's listening to this is Yeah, we don't even got to plug that. Yeah. But um, so he was talking to D.L. Hughley. Right. And in one of his uh, segments, he was talking about 
nonsense that's said uh, in the Muslim world and the NOI world. And he said that Minister Fer he quoted Minister Farrakhan as saying uh, he wanted to throw stones at Jews to hurt Jews. Right. And that's like the uh, one of obviously Farrakhan's been going through it publicly as being somebody that's being a Jew hater. Mm -hmm. You see everything that's been happening with Nick Cannon. Um, but the issue with this is Vlad has a, a platform where a lot, a lot of people listen to him. A lot of people that look like us. Right. And um, if you just, if you would have heard that without doing your research, doing your due, dil due diligence, you would think that's exactly what Farrakhan said, but that's not what he said. Mm -hmm. And specifically what he said was he wants to throw stones of truth at Jews mm -hmm. and he made it clear he's not talking about physical harm physical violence right but the idea that the truth is being withheld from people mm -hmm. and once the, the truth is revealed that would be the stone that's cast right. that stone of truth um, and so Vlad didn't apologize for uh, what he said about Minister yeah Farrakhan. I didn't see any apology yeah and um, he didn't retract any of his statements mm -hmm. um, and like I said if, if you're familiar with Vlad you would see him constantly talking about working with the NOI and uh, having a good rapport with them. Um, right. Because he's had a couple people yeah, on. interviewing some of their ministers. Yeah. But it's one of those things that just makes me go, hmm. Like when I see non-black people talk about all they do for a black group and employing them and giving mm -hmm. them platforms to speak. But then in the same breath, easily going and saying... Uh, uh, speaking a, a lie about them right. and acting like it's all good. Yeah. Um, I know this is something that you were, you really wanted to touch on. So, you know, kind of yeah, let it, me know what it you kinda, think. It kind of made my blood boil just because one thing I, I feel as Vlad is a, a culture vulture. He really is define, a... Define culture vulture Somebody for, that for what really, you think. My idea of a culture vulture is somebody that takes from manipulates and just use to their advantage things that we've created okay you know so we have a culture our culture of hip-hop our culture of music and somebody that has come in and and set up shop and created a platform and not has really tangibly given back in 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 a good way you know so i feel as if uh vlad is a culture vulture and one and this example right here just kind of cements the fact that you know we need to uh not have him as a guest in the house as lord jamar would put it you know and him misquoting the the honorable minister louis farrakhan somebody that is held in high esteem and high regard particularly in the black community and even more so in the hip-hop community Absolutely. you know what i'm saying he's he's always meeting with artists artists of big stature and big names and you know um, kind of embracing them and taking them in, giving them guidance, you Some know, giving mentorship. them mentorship, information and understanding. And for Vlad to misquote him, I feel as if he did that intentionally to create a sentiment and trying to. And what, uh, what sentiment is that? A sentiment of hate, a sentiment of of uh, divide. It's easy to go with that narrative because the way Minister Farrakhan has it's been painted publicly. Yeah, constantly portrayed as somebody who is just hate. Or just hate and nothing but filled with hate. But when you really sit down and break down and listen to the things he says and listen to the manner in which he speaks and how he uses the English language, like he's not speaking hate. And you would, you would feel that way, particularly if you're outside of the community. You haven't been 
in the position that we have been in as black people. And he's lifting us up. And it's not just feel good material. The minister is 80 something years old. He, he has that experience. He has that knowledge. He has that, that research. So it's not like he's just pulling things out of the air and, and, and the things that he's saying, you, you know, he, he got real popular, uh, when he was bringing the NOI back to like a public, uh, a public space mm-hmm. back in the eighties doing those Donna Donahue interviews. Mm-hmm. And I specifically remember him saying to a lady, it's so sad that you white people don't even have a true understanding of history mm-hmm. because you feel as if all the people who look like you have contributed more to the world than the people that look like us. Right. And it's, it's sad that your state, all of our state is a, a, a function of this, but you think you're so smart and you think you know so much, mm-hmm. but in actuality, you, you know don't. Nothing. You're just part of the experiment as well. Right. And you're buying into the nonsense. Mm-hmm. So. And that's the power of the media. And this is why our platform is so important. We're taking back and we're controlling our own narrative and we're giving you as it is from a black male standpoint and perspective a black standpoint but when you have a white controlled media a white controlled narrative they will constantly constantly manipulate and use to their advantage their benefit sound bites or or clips or certain portrayals and imagery to kind of divide and conquer and cast us in a certain light so that's where we come in that's where and we say we're tired of asking because we're tired of asking people to represent us right Forget Vlad. We're tired of like, yo, something needs to this is not something that, that we should gloss over and get let uh get swept under the rug. We have to address it. And I give praise to uh Royce the five nine because he spoke about it and he spoke about it very convincingly as and he said, like, listen, you unless you're gonna speak highly and speak truth about the minister, don't say anything about him at all. You know, don't talk about him at all because he and many of us, he's our hero. He's he's some of our heroes. He's a black man that's been unapologetic and has been truthful about racism and white supremacy and white people in history to this current day. And it's not many people that have the testicular fortitude, you know, to take the position and stances that he has taken throughout history. So you can't just sit here and misquote him. On your platform, and as you said, he he has many ears. He has a lot of ears and eyes on him. And for him to do that, it is just unne- not unnecessary. It's unacceptable. And we're not going to tolerate it. Yeah, anymore. we're not going to tolerate call it out. We, uh, and we need to call it out. You hit something that's very important to me too. We letting people eat, and they don't give back. Mm-hmm. I'm sick and tired of it. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's. it's the shit is like it's making my my skin fucking right. want to peel off. Yes, yes. Stop allowing these people to get fat and happy mm-hmm. off of what we do, what we create. It's been happening over and over and over. We have inventions, they steal it. We have culture, they steal it. We have ideas, they steal it. They monetize it. They mm-hmm. benefit. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent, and we just we just happy playing the backseat to it. The right. Peter Rosenbergs, the Leo Cohens, the Vlad TVs, taking people's intellectual property, our social capital, our intellectual property, getting fat and happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In, in this economic world, the basis of everything we have is within our minds. I share. And when you just give that away for free in a means that's not valuable to mm-hmm. uh, uh, the way that you see it. 
you're playing yourself and you're doing a disservice not only to yourself, you're doing it to your community and you're allowing people to continue to rape us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like That's we act fact. like it's so it's so hard. Economic warfare. Mm. Economic warfare. That's not a term that you hear every day. It's being waged upon us, but it's not used in that manner. Right. But I don't care. I could say it. I ain't worried to say it. Mm-hmm. Economic warfare. We got to do things differently if we want our circumstance to I change. Shay. I shay. And we see what's happening when we when we band together with our economics. Mm-hmm. That has to be a start. 100%. I don't know who's going to hear that message, though. Yeah, I really can't expound upon it better than you did. I think that was a, a brilliant articulation of our intellectual property and what needs to be done. <sighs> I know that's all we, yo, because <laughs> the work got to be done. It has you know, to be. And we got to do the work, and you know that exhale, just saying that we're exerting force and we're exerting energy. So you know we're doing it. We're absolutely, doing it. absolutely. So ownership, intellectual property, that brings us to where we want to go next. So I will get into this next segment. I'm Jinny, I'm Jinny, what? Come on. I'm no punk bitch. I ain't no punk bitch. Neither. I'm no punk I'm bitch. Yeah, man. So our our next segment is that I'm no punk bitch segment. Uh, And just to remind you, it's a segment that acknowledges somebody, a black person who shows courage in the face of fear, not afraid to uh, stand up for their truth and giving us an example to live by. So, again, our award winner for this week is uh, Joe Budden. Now, personally, um. I don't know Joe Button. I don't really watch his media like that, so I don't know all that he stands for. Um, but that doesn't mean that as a black man, he can't do something that's commendable. I so, say, um, I say, I I can always recognize that. And recently he talked about leaving uh, his podcast on Spotify, leaving uh, millions of dollars on the table because it wasn't representative of what he thought his value was. And I think that's symbolic of everything that I'm No Punk Bitch stands for. Uh, stepping away from something that's comfortable, mm-hmm. from some monetary value. One, he has the ownership to do it. Two, he has the courage oh, to do shit. it. And he's three, he, he's okay with what his future looks like without it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made money in different, in different areas, but you may think it's easy to do. Discomfort in getting paid. Knowing that paycheck the, is coming. Yeah, in. from yeah. The, the, the bigger white society. So I just thought that was a really courageous thing. And he had a rant that he had over on um, on his podcast talking about uh, some comments that Charlemagne the God made. And uh, I thought those rant, or excuse me, I thought those statements, the words he used in that rant was pretty poignant because there's one black man who was negatively commenting on him stepping away when he's not in a position of ownership in the things that he does. Mm-hmm. But you want to comment publicly about another black man who does own what he's doing and is stepping away from something. Right. And I didn't think uh, Charlemagne's argument was very sound for what he did. Um, it's a, it's a little, it's a little hurtful to see black men try to do that. And you may think, you know, you're just keeping it real or you may think, um, you know, you're being true to the message that you're delivering, but it's indicative of every, of everything we've seen historically in America, right? right? Divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Don't hurt this man because he's not doing something that you would do, mm-hmm. especially when he owns whatever he owns. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, you actually the one who sent me this. So what, was you, what were you thinking when you seen it? 
I felt I was I was happy. I, I felt encouraged. I appreciated what he said. I appreciated his statements because everything starts with ownership. And as we as we've seen and as we stated, because we don't own things, other people get to monetize and other people get to benefit and we're not the primary beneficiaries of it. Or, so, or the margins don't aren't indicative of what we deserve, what we need, right. i.e. getting uh, back the equity that we need. That's a fact. That's a fact. Whether it be with uh, Nick Cannon and Wildin' Out, you know, or with um, Joe Button and the podcast, you know, we understand the significant role of ownership and having sole ownership of everything, your intellectual property, everything you're doing, your time, your efforts, your energy. So to see him have the courage and, ha- and have the cojones to step away and say, you know what? I don't see this as equitable. I don't see this as, as fair. And I'm kind of disgusted and insulted by, you know, whatever it is that you presented to me. I have enough confidence to walk away. Um, all money in. I'm betting on myself. You know, Nipsey is... Nipsey has talked about it. He has touched on it time and time again. And this is living proof of, you know, what that power looks like, you know. So I I appreciated it. And it was a a black man standing on his own too and saying, listen, man, I don't need you. You need me, you know, so I can go on and I can move on and I can be successful and effective without you. And I believe in myself enough to build the relationships with the quote-unquote consumer, without you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, right. can, I can do it because I've done it before. So I definitely want to applaud him for that. I appreciate that sentiment. Yes, yes. And there's nothing wrong with... There's nothing wrong with having a job or working with people, right? That's not what I'm trying to say. But when you... One, if you're one of those people commenting on other people that are betting on themselves... Mm-hmm. uh you probably need to paint your nose red because you a clown. <laughs> Certifiably. It, 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 it doesn't make any sense. Right. That's the easy road. That's the easy road mm-hmm. to, to sit up in someone else's house, which kind of brings us to the next point. I seen recently in the news, McDonald's was sued by a, a group of former black franchise owners for practices uh, that caused these black owners to make roughly less than 25% than the franchise average for a typical McDonald's store. They said McDonald's provided misleading financial information, uh, and that caused these black owners to pick less desirable locations, mm-hmm. especially in comparison to white, their white counterparts. Mm-hmm. This is a space that we're operating in in America. This is not a shop. This is not like groundbreaking news. Right. You're not going to get the quote-unquote best deal, the best situation. (laughs) From these big businesses. Yeah, why would they? They have no incentive to. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough stake in the game for them to do business fairly. And see us as equal. Exactly. You know? So as a company, them operating like that, it's a win-win regardless. Mm -hmm. Right? McDonald's is a public traded company. Um, They're responsible to their shareholders who continually want to make a return year, year after year. And if there's a franchise owner who's put in a, a less, des, less than desirable location and they happen to knock it out the park, kudos to them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because that's money that's just coming back to them mm-hmm. regardless. And that, that, that flow trickles up. Right. 
Um, if the franchise location isn't successful, then they just continue to take their share of the profits beforehand because mm-hmm. <laughs> you pay your franchise fee regardless yep. as long as the business is operating. Mm-hmm. And um, as the franchise fails, then they could just write off the losses year after year on the business as a, as a company, it's which diabolical. Uh, takes down their taxable income. It kind of re- repeats that situation where we see right. huge companies not having to pay any taxes. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't even know what their tax situation would be anyway. How many taxes they're, what kind of taxes they're paying, being the conglomerate they are. It's and public being able knowledge. To finagle their way. Um, it is public knowledge. We'll look it up in a second. So one of my two major takeaways. Um, don't trust the white man. Well, that's. <laughs> That's an ongoing um, Understanding Yeah Ongoing understanding I like that um, Was that there's a, a narrative Of a lack of opportunity And a lack of finance In un, quote unquote Underserved black communities But there's enough money In these communi- communities To siphon out These are companies That are still doing Two million plus um, On average These McDonald's and that's still less than the national average for a McDonald's franchise, right? So there's mm-hmm. money in our communities. We think there's no monetary value there, but there has to be a method to our madness. So when I speak about economic warfare, if we're applying these dollars in the right spaces and making each dollar work in a productive manner, we can see some equitable change if we're willing to commit to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, commitment dedication discipline if we don't have that and if we're not exercising that and those are not characteristics of, uh, of us and what we're trying to do a lot of things will fall short you know i can't say that i mean i'm not a big fan of mcdonald's but i understand the manipulation that occurs i understand that it's always uh profit over people so but even as you said if they don't make that money, somehow they're going to benefit less taxable income right off or, or whatever. So they're either way it's a, a win for them, you know? So, I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm not like, Oh, this is such a big shocker that McDonald's done did some shady stuff, you know? So, I mean, I feel sorry for the, the black people that invested their time, money and, and energy into it and had, put their stake in the game and ultimately came up short. But I don't trust any big business or any big corporation to be honest, open and forthcoming about the actualities and truths of anything that they're engaging in their contracts or whatever. I don't expect them to honor it. None of that. So, I mean, I'm sorry for that, but you know, well, hopefully uh, in the article I was reading, it said that they were in negotiations for a settlement before this became public but McDonald's uh, ended up not wanting to settle. So that's why this became a public story. And, you know, they'll have the, the money and they'll have the resources to make this a however long process until, hey, man, listen, I'm, I'm just fed up. I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, so we have to steadfast the purpose if, if the, an outcome, an equitable outcome is what they really want and something not only to benefit them, but people coming after them. You know, if they choose to get into that game. So I, I don't want to be like a negative Nancy, but uh, or a negative, a negative, what's the N word? Yeah. A negative no more. <laughs> but um, my second point just goes back to the whole Joe Budden thing. 
when you're becoming a franchise owner, especially like you said, in partnership with some of these huge corporations, you're still subject to the way that they do things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're, you're a quote unquote owner, but you have to operate under the realm of what they tell you, how they tell you to operate. Right. And because of that agreement, they're going to make sure that they eat first. Mm-hmm. It's like that the the Goodfellas movie. Uh, you need more money for security? Oh, fuck you, pay me. Business was a little slow this month? Oh, fuck you, pay me. And like I said before, when, when these businesses fail, they just write these taxes off. Right, and they cut. Yep, yep, yep. They, they're going to make sure that their shareholders and the top are getting their cut regardless. So if that's cutting whatever dead weight, the, the, the guy at the bottom of the totem pole, they'll do that. You see big businesses restructuring and doing all these things. When you see some quarters or maybe quarters in a row, haven't reaped the benefits that they want. All right, we're closing this, this, this. So all right, our shareholders are still getting there. You know, uh, there's certain return on whatever it is that they invested. I mean, it's capitalism. This ha- there has to be a loser. There and has oftentimes to be it's, you know, those that look like us, black folk. But, uh, I mean, it, as you would say, it's par for the course as I see it in the big grand scheme of things. They don't care, you know. And why would they care? This is a message we'll see over and over if you listen to us. Stop expecting things as if people are going to be something different. Right. Especially in America. America is an interest-serving society. Mm-hmm. It's not about the wellness of, of all. This it's is about fact. whose interest needs to be served and who can pony up the most whatever capital necessary to have those interests served. Right. Who has that power? So let's use that for our own benefit. This is true. Or at least that's what we should be doing. Economic warfare, man. Economic warfare. What that kind of, I mean, all of this ties into, you know, what we want to talk about today about being proactive. Okay. And what we need to be proactive about. For as long as I can remember, our community has reacted to situations, hasn't really got out in front of things, whatever it is whether it be economics, whether it be education, we have all had these things happen to us and, you know, not really been in the driver's seat. So that's what we really want to get into today. The, what do we actually, what is on our priority list and what do we need to prioritize and be proactive about? Get ahead of and get in front of and kind of um, take control of. Recently, Kanye West was out talking about the things that he's going through as an entrepreneur. And hate him or love him. You ain't got the answers. We've spoken on him before. Uh, I know he comes from an entertainment world. But like I said, we can always take something away from someone, no matter who they are, especially when it's a black person and especially when it's something positive. From all it appears to seem, he's gone out and bought land. Right. And he set up a means of production mm-hmm. for himself. I say that's something that we don't have. This is right. something that we've talked about, you know, time and time again, time again, having a means of production. Allows you the ability to not have to go to someone else to say, give mm-hmm. this to me. Right. 
Because when you're when you don't have that means of production, you're always subservient to any to anything that they want to give you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when you're negotiating, all parties should want an equitable. Feel like they got an equitable share or uh, cut. Uh, yeah, yeah, cut of whatever you're negotiating. Right. But when you don't have any means of production for yourself, mm-hmm. why would I have to share with you evenly? Right. If if you don't have any control. Or if you don't have any ownership, what is to, you know, what is the impetus for me to, you know, treat you right? And you would think that someone just being human and wanting to be honest and fair would be the foundation of, all right, listen, this is what you deserve. This is what, you know, this is what you're going to get. But that's not how it is. That's not how it works. So one of those things that we have to have on the top of our list, what we need to be proactive about is what means of production and means being of- able to control and produce a good or a service. I mean, that's what you've implemented here. I should, right. I should, you, I should. You, you're tired of wearing certain clothes. You're tired of putting money in other people's pockets. Now you don't produce your own shirts, but you're finding ways to keep everything in house and get out and sell. And I know there's a lot of people that are out there doing that business, But it's a start. The next step would be cotton fields. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or finding out a way that you can produce that shirt and keep your cost down. Right. Um, But again, I find myself in a a, a tough space with that because, you know, as Kwame Torre says, capitalism, with capitalism, you're always going to want to exploit Whoever's working for you at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're always, capitalism is pure exploitation, regardless of how you want to chop this up. But at least if we're working with our community in a way that's positive, just like the Jewish community does, mm-hmm. just like some of the Asian communities do here in America, that relationship can benefit both parties. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be pure exploitation, right. one person winning over the other. Right. But some type of mutual agreement, mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. Con- or, or, or engaging as, exchanging as a nation, one nation with the other, whether it be on a, a big scale or just seeing yourself as a sovereign nation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to exploit you. I have something that you want. You have something that I want. Let's exchange on an even playing field, not me manipulating like, yo, I have this, this is better than yours. I know you need it and don't got it. So, hey, listen, you need to pay more for this or you need to give something more than what really you should be given for it, whether it be time, whether it be energy, whether it be money, you know what I'm saying? Having an exchange that's even and fair is something that we need to seek out. Like capitalism and exploitation I feel majority of the time, like 98% of the time, cap- the capitalism, sh- the capitalistic structure we live in is exploitative. But you, is it impossible for it to be a fair exchange in a capitalistic structure? I don't think it's impossible personally. Um, but just the way that this country was built. Right. It, I think it, when we're engaging and setting up with these big corporate structures and you know the the these governmental entities i think it becomes that you know i don't know if it's inherently that as far as exploitative and and um manipulative 
I guess. But I think that, uh, you know, engaging with these people that are, that are just evil, you know what I'm saying? And just diabolical and, and really just want to hoard and take things for themselves. I think that's when that, that uh, exploitative nature comes into play. Europeans came here to get away from the laws of the the East, mm-hmm. and they also brought slaves here so that they could exploit their labor and reap the benefits of it without having to pay back to those people in the East. Right. So this c- country was liter- literally founded on exploitation. I agree. And it's changed in many different forms and fashions, but the nature of what it is still exists. When you hear Dame Dash go on and talk about what are the margins, that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You're being exploited because there's somebody at home sitting at home that doesn't have to do what you have to do, getting more of the cut that you have than that you get, right. and not putting in any of the work in the transaction taking place. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. So we got we to gotta get back to uh, getting in, tr- in control of these means of production for ourselves um, and, and doing it with a level of integrity that suits us. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Another thing that we have to be proactive about, in, in my opinion, is land. And as you, you said to me, I mean, off camera, carving out our own space. You mentioned um, Kanye did it. You know, Akon Akon is an example of somebody um, getting their own land, carving out their own space and making it suitable to fit them and and their uh, ideas and needs. I'm a little worried about Akon from this standpoint because we talk about exploitation. He's doing major deals with China. And I personally think China's looking to exploit all the resources and the land that's been... um, I guess, quote unquote, untapped right. over there throughout the uh, the continent of Africa. So because they've been major investors, you know, relatively recently in the continent. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll always look at that with a side eye and, and comb through it with a fine tune. I agree with you, though, the, the at the basic level of what he's doing is what we need to do. There are spaces there. There's a relationship that he's already established. Mm -hmm. And there's so much economic room for growth. Someone's going to reap the benefit of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, already we've seen people reaping, you know what I'm saying? Different countries reaping the benefit of it. Mm -hmm. But what do you think is going to happen in the next 20 years, next 30 years? And you know, China is constantly, or China and America are constantly in competition with one another. And I think that's one of the, the reasons that China is becoming a major investor. They're trying to kind of flush America out and have them because we know America has influence every and anywhere. Well, so I mean, just with the idea of the dollar, because it, it really runs through the rest of the world. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So you got to follow that money. Always follow the you money. Got to follow that money. But as far as land, though, I mean, and that's what we're in the process of doing, you know, acquiring our own land and carving out our own space and using it to benefit us, whether it be growing food, you know, whether it be training. What, yeah, whatever, whatever we have in mind, that's something where we have to do. My thing with Akon is 
on top of the, the Chinese investment is what is the protection though? So when we get something, we have to be able to protect it. I agree. You know, so we're getting land and we're getting this means of production production. But when we get this land and and we build it up, how are we protecting that from outside and external forces? And that's something that has to be in the forefront of our mind because we've had people that built cities. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Malachi York. I'm not. But yeah, he he built up his own city. And if I'm not mistaken, it was in Atlanta, in in Atlanta. Malachi York built up his cities. He kind of created a small Egypt and... uh, Ultimately, it fell. You know, you had he was accused of being. Uh, I don't know if it was a a pedophile or a child molester, but there was something that happened with why his his city fell, and there was nothing to keep it to sustain it or or keep it going. There was nothing really to protect it. So once that fell, and once that you know uh, kind of disassembled. That was it. Yeah. So whether it be, it was in Atlanta? Uh, yeah. It yeah. was in uh, Putnam County, Georgia. It wasn't necessarily Not Atlanta, in Atlanta. excuse me, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, 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 yeah. In Georgia. He, he convicted of uh, child molestation mm-hmm. in 2004. Right, right, right. And he had, there was nothing in place to, to keep that thing going. You know, so whether it be a structure that you have in place as far as, uh, you know, position or even a military structure from people wanting to encroach and maybe take back that land because we know, you know, uh, that's not the, too far fetched. Well, it's not going to happen that here. People in see America. that as an act of wherever. Yeah, people but, see that as an act of aggression. Oh, black people convening. Oh, black people getting on one on one accord. We we've seen it time and time again. You know, with whether it be with uh the the black panthers you know building up something whether it be with the the nation of of islam and you know at their height and creating a lot of noise and people infiltrating that you know so i think we have to have a system of protection in place for whatever it is that we're building and that's something also we need to prioritize and have on our list protect so get, getting in front of protecting each other Ashe. or protecting whatever idea we need yes, to, yes, to yes. or i guess just protecting the land yeah sure we can and you can start in in your community you know what i'm saying what, what, what do you mean by that having our own details our own community patrols having our own uh night watches and things of that nature protecting you know the kids and you know, knowing when school gets out uh, and things like that. So having, you know, that little um, enclave of protection within your own community or your direct vicinity is a place to start, spark the idea, kind of get an understanding of how to format it and, and put it in place. And then expanding upon that when we get something bigger like a city, you know what I'm saying? And, ha- and having that, you know, move that way. So protection is important. Protection is extremely important. I like that, man. I like that. So, land. Land. How to protect it. How to protect it. Means of production. Means of production. What's next? Family. 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 So now, how this get- is not necessarily on, you know, uh, uh, I guess. Our proactive list of things to do. Yeah, not in necessarily, not in any necessarily... 
uh, specific more order? important. Yeah, specific order. Okay. But, oh, uh, like one thing being more important yeah, than the other. But these are things that we need to, you know, constantly be proactive about. Right. Um. So let's break down what you mean by family a little bit. You thought about that? When I think of being proactive with the family, intentional parenting. Bang. Intentional mating. Bang. Intentional learning. Mm-hmm. Intentional loving. Mm. Intentional mating. Are you intently pairing with your partner to produce a result that's indicative of the legacy that you want to leave? Intentional parenting. Are you doing the things necessary to make sure that your child grows up in the safest, most productive environment they can to maybe either continue your legacy or create their own legacy that serves everything or the ideals that you want? Because right now, in America, when you have these fatherless homes, these black fatherless homes, or these black motherless homes, or these uh, proximal abandonment relationships, America's our daddy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's some deep. That's deep. And we're ingesting all of its ideals and bringing forth the future that it needs. Right. All its principles, all its teachings. Exactly. And that's becoming our, wow, that, that's a great way to put it. That's our daddy. That's our Telling daddy. Telling us what to do, how to move, how to operate, how to live, what's important and what's not important. Yeah, 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 So yeah. if you're not 100%. doing that as just a parent in your own home, mm-hmm. you're letting it go by the wayside, you open it up to repeating everything that we've seen here in America. Right. Everything that we're trying to correct. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Parenting, right? Intentional loving. This is something I struggle with, how to love. I don't have necessarily uh, places that I pull from to learn from this. So I'm trying to kind of figure it out as I go. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, as a family with my lady, I think she's trying to figure that out as well. And I think that becomes hard because... The core of what we need to be starts with our family. Ashe. And Ashe. Ashe. Trying to figure that out, especially amongst, you know, America being our daddy. Because mm-hmm. whether we want to admit that or not, it's been our daddy. Yep. Mm. I'm mm. having a mm. hard time, you know, kind of dealing with that. That America, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut your wisdom. No, nah, I, I was just saying. So I have to do better in intentionally loving. And I think as, you know, as a family, my lady has to do better in reciprocating that. And I'm not saying that she doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. I think there's mutual love and respect, but I don't think it's showing it or expressing it in the most beneficial. Right, right, right. As you say, effective and mm-hmm. efficient way uh, to manifest uh, a harmonious community at mm-hmm. all times. That's that's some deep stuff, man. This uh America is your daddy, man. That's profound, man. Because think about it, man. I was just thinking as it relates to freaking holidays and stuff. Hey, man, this is when you celebrate. This is your time to celebrate. This is your time to be happy. America is your daddy. Hey, if you don't get your girl nothing for Valentine's Day, it's trouble. America said today is the day. Hey, you better do something. Mother's Day or Father's Day. Hey, man, listen, I said this is the day you celebrate your mom. You better do that or it's going to be an issue or your dad and so forth. And it's so good. The system is so good in place that 
quote unquote America isn't like disciplining you from it. Mm-hmm. We're we're doing out here, each, yeah, we're disciplining each other for it. Doing it for yourself, yo. They are. Uh, who said it? Who said it? Who said it? I think Dr. Amos Wilson said, because uh, in my opinion, it, it relates to self-hate. And the biggest or white supremacy or America being your daddy's biggest protection is self-hate. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that ties in because, like you said, we begin to kind of, quote unquote, discipline ourselves or scold ourselves over this BS idea or overstanding of whatever it is that they're trying to portray. So that's crazy, man. America being your daddy. Yo, listen, man, you got to kill that dude. <laughs> you got to you know, get rid of that. idea. You got to get rid of that. Yo. And that takes a, a conscious effort. It's not something that is, you have to, you can be passive about. You have to be intentional, as we like to say. And it's so ingrained that it's a constant battle. Mm-hmm. It's so ingrained it's a constant battle. With yourself. And, you know, you add other people into that, it just co- makes it a little bit more convoluted. But, yeah, uh, unlearning and relearning, you know, these kind of subtleties and things that trigger you or whatever it is that you feel happy or sad about, like getting rid of that. And then, you know, downloading new information and new overstandings and understandings of what really matters and what's really important. Yeah, man, that battle is not only inter- or external, but it's internal as well. I mean, first and foremost, it's internal. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got parenting, mating, loving, learning. Mm-hmm. It, and I think it goes back to America being your daddy again. If you don't want to teach your kids to read, don't worry. The system will do All it. Right. And what to read. Yeah, what to read. If you don't want to teach your kids how to have appreciation of self, they'll give them something to have appreciation of. This is true. If you don't want to teach them how to work, if you don't want to teach them how to do for self, as we talk about means of production, get the mo- get quote unquote the money yourself. Don't worry, we'll show you. We'll get you in this hamster wheel. We got a whole bunch of hamster wheels going. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? So all these things are hugely important when we talk about the family because these are some of just the foundational principles that America's been able to stand on time and time again Mm -hmm. to keep itself working on top of the intentional work that the system is is doing to keep things going. Man, this probably was talk about inventions man this system was the greatest <laughs> like the way that is working and as effective as efficient at it, at, as it has been it's crazy when you step back and look at this it's crazy yeah and, and it, it can be uh it can be mind-boggling it can be frustrating yeah but all you can do is go one one step at a time one day at a time I should, you know I should, I one should. life lesson to your kid mm-hmm. one look out looking out for the homie down the street I should. one acknowledgement of the humanity, the humanity of another. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I say. I say. So we got means of production, land, land protecting the land, family. family. And we broke down family right there. I say. Yeah, man. So, we, yeah, we broke down what we need to be proactive about. And we gave the main core of the things. But we're going to get into our segment of. Don't ask. I said, don't ask. I said, don't ask. Just give the money. Hey, man, I got a whole house right here. Brother Diggy, get the collection play around on that side. Nigga, get it around on that side. 
Yes, yes, yes. Short and sweet. Um, we spoke about what we need to be proactive about. And one of those things is questioning, 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 questioning everything. Um, it, it came to my realization, you know, as it relates to politics, you know, just kind of being in tune with the politics or, you know, kind of listening here and there to politics that uh, Joe Biden and well, we know that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are running mates. But at one point, they were debating each other and kind of seemed to be on opposite ends of the spectrum. Kamala, in so many words, labeled Joe Biden as a racist, labeled Joe Biden as uh, a sex offender, um, labeled Joe Biden as, you know, some of these... I don't think titles that I would want to be called myself. And or then, you would want someone as you would be tied to a relationship right. with, especially a relationship like that. So now, you know, fast forward, Joe Biden chooses Kamala Harris as a running mate, and she's just so ecstatic about it. Uh, that's something that I don't get. And, you know, us black people are just falling in line with it. And we're not questioning, well, you know, you labeled him these things during the debates. You kind of poked holes and picked into his past and characterized him a certain way. And now you're just, you know, just so happy and gung-ho to be his running mate. And then I, I saw, I think, I forget what talk show she was on, and she was questioning about it. And she kind of laughed it off, you know, the same way that she jokingly sm talked about smoking weed. She laughed it off like, oh, it's just a debate. It's just a debate. It, it Essentially that she's saying that it means nothing. You know, what I said and everything that I brought to light and spoke about didn't mean anything. And now I'm happy to be in running mate and uh, Kamala Harris for vice president 2020. I think that's something that we need to question, question, question. We spoke about things that we need to prioritize. And this is something that can kind of fall under one of those headlines. We have to question things. And why is it that all of a sudden this person that you opposed, this person that you kind of saw as unfit to be a presidential nominee, now you want to be their running mate and you're standing side by side with them holding hands and, you know, wanting to represent us. Or this is somebody that you want to stand by and represent, you know, the, the country with. I, I've. I take that offensively, and I think that's kind of ways that they keep us asleep, kind of dumbing down and saying, oh, man, that, that was nothing. That's just, that's just how we do. Like, we could talk about each other, but at the end of the day, it's cool, and we're going to work together and, and, and come up with the best solutions and outcomes when you just label this person the way you label them. I, I, I think that's uh, crazy, and I didn't see anybody really speaking about that. So I wanted to bring that up in our Don't Ask No Questions segment, like question that. How all of a sudden that it's cool that this person is your running mate? How all of a sudden that it's cool that this person is going to be the leader of the quote-unquote free world when you just labeled them not too long ago all these you know, heinous and all these disgusting things. I find and, that And crazy. nothing has changed in that time. Yeah, what has changed? What has changed? So, yeah. I Ask agree, the question. Man. I agree, man. Um, and just to piggyback off of your... Or just veggie to back. veggie back off of your political talk, we've seen the NBA players boycott. Mm -hmm. Personally, and, you know, we hear everyone talking about voting, uh, 
them opening up spaces for us to vote. When laws get passed, it's through lobbyist groups. Lobbyist groups help make laws get passed mm-hmm. regardless of who's in office right. for their own interests. I say, I if say. we don't have the lobbyist, <laughs> lobbyist groups in place to quote unquote get the laws passed that we need, right? The voting isn't going to do anything for us. Right. So keep that in mind. Focus on other things. Focus on these proactive things that we need to focus on. And keep that in mind. I'm not telling anybody not to vote. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand what voting does and how processes take place. Because you can vote people in office. There was a black man in president who said Trayvon Martin... Look, looked like he could have been his son. And there was no law passed that was indicative of the, that, that statement. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. It was all lip service. So it, it sounds very good. It sounds good. It sounds great. If we don't have the lobbyist groups in place to get done what we need to get done for our own interests, we're wasting our time. Right, right, right. Keep that in mind. So that 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 video that we saw as a young kid, how a bill becomes a law and it travels through the houses of Congress, it really ain't how it is. And they give you this fanciful idea of oh, it's so easy a bill, and then it goes. Well, here in theory, it's that is correct, but what they don't say is who's promoting that promoting that bill, that bill or that or, bill? or who put some underlying things in that bill right, that's to what serve I'm saying. themselves. So on the surface, yeah, but when you get into the depths of it, no. Hey, man, don't ask no questions, right? Don't ask, but ask. I think this was a great episode, personally. You know what I'm saying? I share, 100%. It came together very well. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you all got some food for thought. Hopefully, we we got something that sparked your brain. I share. Um, We appreciate you for your time. 100%. Very valuable resource, the most important resource, your time. Something that you can give and never get back. Yeah. Um, and it means the world to us. So thank 100%. you, thank you, thank you. If if this was something that you found interesting, please pass it on to somebody, a like mind that, you know, Spread wants the to, word. Yeah, we, or and, and unlike mind that we can wake up or, you know, have challenge. Let's grow organically. Yeah. Kwame Heru, where can we find you? Hey, man, you know, I'm on uh, Facebook, Kwame Heru. I'm on um, Instagram, underscore Kwame Heru, uh, SoundCloud, my little, my, my music, same thing. Okay, Mr. Godbody, no excuses. Ashe, Mr. Godbody, no excuses, man. You want a shirt or anything, hit me up, underscore Kwame and Root website under development. And they are moving like hotcakes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I appreciate the support on that too, man. You can find the, uh, you can follow the We're Tired of Asking Instagram page, underscore We're Tired of Asking, underscore. You can follow us on YouTube or subscribe to the page on YouTube. Uh, we, We got the video clips, We're Tired of Asking. You can find us on Facebook. We're tired of asking. Uh, We want to say thank you again. Um, And as we always do, leave with some words of wisdom. Check it out. Listen to this. Make it resonate through your soul. (laughs) Keep your eye on your cheddar. And watch out for rats. Pompa yay yay. Rest in peace to God, Justice Cypher. We love you. That's a fact. We're tired of asking. And you should be too. Peace and black power.